Hello everybody and welcome to a road edition of the Sam's Report. Today is, what is today? Today is April 12th and I am actually in Texas at the moment and because of that I am recording on the road because well obviously I'm not going to haul my desktop with me and I'm not going to bring my mic and all that good stuff but I still want to record the podcast so there's no video edition this time around. I do apologize for those who like to watch that on YouTube but I do have the audio portion as you can tell. So I am in Texas, uh, Houston, Texas, to be specific at this time. And yeah, so it's April 12th, um, the day before. Obviously, this is going live on April 13th, as you are doing, as you are obviously aware. It's Friday, April the 13th at the time of this playing. But yeah, so why am I in Texas? Well, that's a really good question. And I can tell you it's nothing Microsoft Scoopy related or anything of that nature. Uh, just meeting with a couple other companies who are in the same line of business as Petri and Throt and just getting smarter about how we can do things better. Uh, this actually directly relates to some of the features that we are going to be launching on Throt this summer. You're actually going to start to see um, some more about that here and um, being brought up to speed about what we're working on and those types of things. Uh, in the next few weeks, not next week or the week after, but, um, you know, in the in the pretty near future, we're getting there. We're making some progress. It's good stuff. It's all good stuff, I promise. And I hope you're excited because I know I am. Uh, it's going to bring a lot more a lot more tools and features and things that we'll be able to do. It'll increase our engagement with the user. And, yeah, it should be good. But, you know what, that's why I'm in Texas, but that's not what's important this week. What's important this week is what the world of Microsoft. And, yeah, no, it's actually a really, really interesting week. They had some happy accidents. They had some feature being killed off. Um, all sorts of random stuff going on in the world of Microsoft. So let's dive right in, shall we? So just a couple of things that you should be aware of. Uh, Microsoft is taking Build 2016 on the road starting on the 24th this month in Amsterdam. And you can register for these events. And it's going to go all around the globe, um, but uh, primarily outside of North America. They do go to Toronto. That's the closest they get to the United States. But they're going to visit a whole bunch of different countries around the globe, um, ending in London in about mid-June. So if you wanted to go to build, but you couldn't, and you're in a different you're in a, uh, country outside the US, definitely take a look at the build tour 2016, as this will bring that kind of uh, developer hands-on and get you know time with these people uh, a little bit closer to. So kind of cool that Microsoft is doing that. I don't know why it seems like it's kicking off a little bit late, personally. Uh, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Other things that went on this week, Microsoft announced new firmware, and new should be put in quotations because the astute uh, Surface user will know actually um, what I believe this is actually the April update for the Surface Book and uh, Pro 4. But if you remember when those updates went out last month, there were some issues and people were reporting blue screens and some other bad problems and Microsoft yanked them. So they're actually calling them the May update. And what I suspect here, obviously Microsoft did not explicitly confirm, is that these are fixed drivers. Uh, they obviously isolated the issue and you can go ahead and install them. My Surface Book, uh, which I'm using right now uh, to, to record this podcast, uh, I installed it, had absolutely no issues. So for me, no problem. Hopefully the same is for you. If not, definitely let me know. But uh, I did a quick check around the web. It doesn't seem there's any at least reported yet wide scale issues with the uh, the latest driver here. But that's going on. What else went on this week? Uh, actually, I think I was one of the first to report this. Not that that matters in any way. 
But ad blocking extensions are now available for Edge. Yay. Actually, this is actually a much bigger deal than it being just an extension. A lot of people have been asking for an ad blocker because of, well, we all know ads. We don't really like ads, um, especially the intrusive ones. I tolerate them a fair bit just because of the industry that I'm in. And I try to be uh, you know, sensitive to the nature of ad blocking, as I hope you are with Therat and Petri. But I get it. Like you go to a site like Forbes or somebody and they overtake your, your page and then you click it out. You're like, okay, fine, I'll deal with that. Then you scroll down and then there's another one. And then you get to the bottom of the page and one pops up. And yeah, I get it. I get why people like ad blockers. I'm, I'm a web user myself. And so those are available. A couple different options there. But uh, just, you know, friendly housekeeping. If you do, please unblock Petri and Threat because, well, I like to eat and so does Paul. Um, yeah. So ad blocking extensions now available. There's also Pocket. Pocket, I believe, is now available, which is actually pretty big. And really, this should all these extensions should not come as a big surprise. Microsoft did a good thing and pretty much made it very, very simple to port a Chrome extension to Edge. There's very minimal work involved here. So don't be surprised to see the extensions just start flowing in for Edge because they, they don't really need to be reworked in any significant fashion and then they're available for Edge. I mean, that's that's the right thing to do. Good job, Microsoft. Obviously, they wanna make sure they have extensions. They did the easy thing, and bada bing, bada boom, we're gonna to start to see them flooding into uh, into the store for you know use in Edge. Other kind of housekeeping things. Uh, Azure has two new data centers in Canada this week and one coming to South Korea. And the big deal why, it, the reason why it's a big deal to have two in Canada is so if you have data privacy laws that says, hey, you can't take the sensitive data and you're a Canadian user outside of Canada, there are now two separate data regions, which means you can have replicated data. So it's another big uh, kind of win for Azure. It gives them geolocated within Canada proper data uh, backup backup capabilities and you know it's just one of those things that Microsoft is doing to make sure that Azure is on the forefront of everything that they can because uh, they're going head to head with Amazon who is the market leader and Google is coming up from the rear they announced uh, a couple months ago that they're building 18 new data centers so don't expect Azure to slow down anytime soon but if you're an Office 365 user in Canada and you need geolocated data replication that stays inside of Canada Azure now has that option for you. Uh, other places they're also looking at, they're gonna be opening up a new data center in uh, Korea as well. So there you go. Azure, new data centers, big deal. Um, so let's kind of get into the more interesting things this week. And Surface Satisfaction. I'm actually really surprised, but not really surprised, but you know, it's good that JD Power and Associates, uh, a company who's known for ranking things and generally a pretty prestigious award to win or be recognized, actually came out and said that only Apple, the iPad, and the Surface tablets were received five star for satisfaction. So Apple and Microsoft are now tied for user satisfaction in the tablet space. I think this is phenomenal for Microsoft. This is a huge win for them because Apple has always just kind of set the benchmark, regardless if you think it's true, Apple has always sent the benchmark for quality. It, granted, I know, and there's somebody listening going, Brad, you're wrong. They've had some crappy products that have come out and defective products. Yes, I completely agree. But in the consumer mind space, Apple products are always high quality. 
And that's a very high bar to set. And Microsoft is now matching them with consumers. That That's a really big deal, especially considering some of the issues that Surface has had, um, some of the launch problems, some of the older products that had kind of gave it a, the, the RTs that didn't do so well with the brand recognition. So this is a big deal for Microsoft. They better be like screaming this from the rooftops that, yeah, if you're looking at an iPad, look at a Surface 2 consumer satisfaction says it's just as good this is a big deal and congrats to microsoft finally you know getting some recognition that i think many people in this podcast know that microsoft was heading in the right direction and now we're starting to see some third-party tangible proof that the surface actually really is a good product and surprise surprise we already knew that how did we know that well apple copied it with the ipad pro um, Google has their, what is their, Chrome C or Pixel C, I think it's called, or whatever. Uh, and there's tons of different PC variants that match what the Surface Pro 4 was doing. And so, yeah, good job, guys. Good job, Microsoft. Keep it up. Don't let down. Now is not the time to sit back on your laurels and kind of just wait this stuff out. But I, I, I hope Microsoft does the right thing and starts talking about this. I think they might be a little timid when it's saying, hey, we're just as good as Apple, because that's generally not a good marketing thing. It's like, hey, you look at our competitor. We're just as good as them. Um, that's that's generally not how you want to market things. But at the same time, it's consumers are now saying, hey, look, these two devices are comparable, which is a big win. So good job, Microsoft. Uh, other good things that happened this week, what I called a happy accident. So there's kind of this long-standing unofficial tradition or whatever that when Paul and I travel, Paul is not here this week, by the way, but Gabe always jokes and says, hey, when Brad and Paul or Paul or Brad or whoever is on a, you know, traveling, I like to push builds. It was just, it was a joke because it happened a couple times and then Gabe always just kind of laughs about it. And so I had a flight from... Uh, Cincinnati to Houston it left at 6 a.m. and I'm like there's there's no way Gabe is gonna troll me with a bill while I'm flying it's too early and lo and behold I wake up and a build went out at 11 p.m. the night before and I was fast asleep because I had to get up super early for the plane build 14342 and here I am sitting in an airport going gosh dang it there's a build to download and now this was an accident apparently they were staging the build uh, to get ready to release the next day. And, well, we all know the story that they staged it a little too far and somebody accidentally hit the button that released it. And it's oh, it's kind of a, a little bit embarrassing, uh, Microsoft's part, to like, it's like, oops, we pushed out a new build of Windows on accident. My bad. But anyway, so this build comes out. I'm sitting in an airport and I actually tried to download it over GoGo Wi-Fi, uh, flying to Houston. And you can imagine exactly how well that went and yeah so no dice there on the download but i did get downloaded once i got to my hotel but so what's in this uh there's actually a couple notable new features again like i said we're in feature season with this stuff so real-time web notifications for edge which basically means that a website can now trigger an action item that shows up in action center uh swipe navigation is now supported in edge bash has been updated to support sim links uh that are mounted in windows Skype UWP, no surprise here, has been updated. Uh, yeah, just just been generally updated. And the big uh, holy grail of this build, the Windows Inc. workspace has a new icon. New icon for that. You should totally check that out. Um, or not. And the, the ugly file explorer is actually still there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the 
I don't I don't like it. I don't care for I'm you know what I'm gonna make my opinion. I don't like the file explorer icon. Microsoft this is recycle bin gate all over again and you're introducing the ugly icon. And yeah, no, it's it's ugly. File explorer icon needs to go and not be that. Uh, what else here? Middle click now dismisses Action Center. So if you got a middle click on your mouse, which most people likely do, that's actually a pretty good update. One thing that I have been reading that has been blown out of proportion is Wi-Fi Sense has been removed. Not quite. So Wi-Fi Sense, if you're not familiar with it, allows you to share credentials for networks that you have authenticated, such as your home off your home network, to another friend that you allow. Uh, so when they come over, you don't have to share your password with them. They can just log in automatically through the Wi-Fi Sense. So Microsoft is actually coming out and saying, you know what? Nobody use this. And it's a lot of resources to update it and maintain it and support it for Windows 10. So we're going to kill that specific feature. But what they are keeping, if you keep Wi-Fi Sense turned on, is for open Wi-Fi spots that they are now crowdsourcing that mechanism. So you'll still auto be able to log in using that uh that type of uh, feature. So Wi-Fi Sense, call it neutered, it is not dead, but that is, yeah. So that's that's kind of what's going on in the world of Wi-Fi Sense. And just it's just typical everything. Microsoft blowing, or Microsoft. Users see Wi-Fi Sense is changing. Oh my God, everything is over, life is dead. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. So another annoying things uh, in the annoying catalog that I placed next to the fi Action Center icon, or Action Center File Explorer icon, <sighs> I need to slap my wrist for that, is that Microsoft, and I've talked about this before, they're going to kill their Sunrise uh, email application. They're going to sunset it on August 31st, 2016, and because their justification is, hey, we rolled it into the Outlook email app, I don't know why they can't keep these things separate. They have a million apps in the store. Why not allow us to keep the Sunrise app? I don't, I, I've said this, I, I, I'm of the personal opinion, I don't like the calendar nested inside of the email app. It, it's, I have to then open the email app and then go to calendar to get to it. I know it's one extra tap, right? You're saying, Brad, you're a little bit ridiculous about this. It's just one extra tap to get there. But I like my apps on my device to do one thing and I like them to do one thing well. I want the email app to do just email. I want the calendar app just to do calendar stuff. I want the web browser to only be a web browser. Like that's that's how I like my apps. And I think they're trying to cram too much into the Outlook. And you know what, just rebranded Outlook, Outlook calendar, I don't know. Um, and give people the option. I don't know why they have to actually fully kill it. But that is what Microsoft has decided to do with their resources rather than, uh, you know, give us new things like uh, the one-clip the one beta that I really want, the one-clip application. No, no, they're just going to kill other stuff. And so, anyways, that's just ranting at this point. But I want to talk about something that actually somebody brought up and they said, Brad, is the PC dead? Is it really dead? And I... I don't think so. I don't think so even by like a remote instance that it's anywhere close to being dead. And I kind of want to talk about this because everyone's going to say, Brad, oh, you're going to say is no, they're not dead. They're just morphing into new devices like the iOS uh, iPhone and the, you know, the Google Android uh, Nexus devices and Android phones and all that stuff. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not where I'm going to go with this one. And so, well, yes, I do fundamentally agree that we are changing what we consider a computer 
and a computing device is that these smartphones fall into it and they are eating away at some of the market share for these things. That's not really what I, I think is happening. So the crux for everyone saying the PC is dying is they're looking at new sales. And yes, we may have hit peak PC selling season. I will I will agree that I think we may have passed the peak of PC sales of traditional PCs. Now, <clears throat> I don't think that means we are anywhere close to them dying. I mean, at some point you hit market saturation, every product has this, it, this is nothing new. But what I honestly think we've, we've run into is we've hit the performance barrier is now the gains aren't enough to justify buying new PCs. And let's, let's think about this. Uh, let's draw an analogy here. In the 60s and 70s, cars that you would buy were not expected to live to 150, 200,000 miles. So you would buy a car more frequently back then. You might buy a car every five to seven years, maybe a little bit longer. Now, when you go buy a new automobile, you expect that car to last at least 150,000 miles. And if you take care of it, 200,000 miles without any major issue. So you're buying less cars. Does that mean the car is dying? Absolutely not. It just means that we're building better products and they're lasting longer. Now let's go to the PC space. I have PCs that are running Intel chips with solid state drives that are three and four and some even five years old that are still running great. There's no need to replace them. What I think we've run into here, and I really genuinely believe this, is that four and five might be a little bit long, but like a three-year-old PC with a solid state drive for the average user is it performs exceptionally well for what they need. You don't need a core, uh, you don't need a Skylake 6700K to run word processing, to browse the web, to watch a movie. You don't need to upgrade. What I think we've run into is that people just have good PCs that are lasting longer, so they're buying fewer of them. It's not that the PC is dying, it's that we just don't need to buy a new one as frequent because the hardware is lasting longer. And I think that's the point that we're at is that the PC is now good. It's the performance gains you get from buying something in 2014 and 2016. While if you put it through a benchmark test, yeah, you're going to notice gains. If you got DDR4 or an M2 drive and you have the latest Intel processor, yes, you're going to have some performance benchmark improvement. But for the lay person who is browsing, uh, going to Yahoo or just checking email or opening Word or just chatting with their friends, those performance are it's not worth spending 1500 bucks for and so why buy it they look at it and say you know what this thing works it works great what do i need to upgrade i mean i have the last mac that i bought was a 2013 imac and it has a solid state drive and a core i5 i, I, I don't even, can't even remember the model and i have no desire to replace it one just because i don't buy a lot of macs but because it's perfectly fine for what it is it's just a light use machine. My wife uses it to browse. We have some photos on there. Um, and just, you know, I keep one around for testing and whatnot, but there's no need to go buy a new one because it performs well enough. And I think that's where we're at with the PC market. So every time somebody says the PC is dying, I'm thinking, no, you just don't understand how the PC has changed. And your take on what means something is dying is not cemented in the reality of the situation anymore. At one point, we're going to look at a car and say, you know what? All we're replacing cars are the battery and the wheels and maybe the engine. 
and everything else is modular, that doesn't mean the car is dying. It just means that we've built a better car. And I think we're now building better PCs that are lasting longer, which means we don't need to buy them in the performance gains as Intel has already made this point. Intel used to go take and talk and there used to be uh, an architecture change and a die shrink, an architecture change and a die shrink. And you would get large performance gains over that tick and talk cycle, which meant every three years there was a large performance gap. Well, now Intel is not doing that anymore because it's too difficult to get down to that layer. And so what I, I might watch this up, but now they're doing like tick, tick, tock, which means that you could go four years without a substantial bump in performance by changing processors. Like, you got to just understand what is happening in the PC market. Every time I see that, Brad, I don't know why you're talking about the Windows market. Like the, the PCs are dying. It's like, no, they're not dying. Uh, it's just, we're always going to need at least, not, I shouldn't say always because that's a dangerous word in the technology sector, but for the foreseeable future, we're going to need desktops. I don't see an accountant not using a traditional spreadsheet and mouse and keyboard. I, I don't see, the, I don't see at, at month end close when they're trying to, you know, finish up their 10Q or 10K that they're put, they're donning the HoloLens and saying, let me check out Excel cell D9 for this figure. Like that's not going to happen, folks. I, I'm sorry. Like the, the enterprise space is going to need PCs. Um, consumers at home, I think there's still going to be a, a need for a PC. Maybe not as much um, anymore. And they're they're not going to replace them as often. Maybe they will go to the HoloLens for at home. But the PC, at least for the next five to ten years, is not going to go away in its entirety. It's not possible yet. And we're always going to need PCs to build the next generation of whatever a PC is. And so that's my take on the PC market. Somebody had asked for that and really starting to think about what the PC is and the life cycle of the average PC I think that's that's it. And so there you go. That is the official Brad Sam's take on is the PC market really dying? I don't believe so. Everything goes through its cycles and changes, and this is merely the next generation of the PC life cycle. So there you go. That I'm going to try to end on that rant with that segment. But um, to that person who asked the question, I can't remember your name, and I do apologize. I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but being on the road notes things tend to get lost but i appreciate you asking and uh, you know feel free to reach out and ask any other questions because i love reader reader and listener feedback uh one of the last items here is microsoft has announced that the free upgrade to windows 10 and and i'm sure this has been hounded to death is ending in the middle of july when the anniversary update comes out and so the big question is why why aren't they just perpetually offering this for free and i think that the way you can distill this down to its lowest level is that they feel within the first year, I think there's two things. Within the first year, they already got everybody who's probably gonna update quickly. Um, if you're not updating, then you're not gonna update for anyways. So what does it matter? So that's one way of thinking about it. Two, by doing this, they're adding a sense of urgency to the Windows 10 update rate. So what their last figure was 300 million. And they're saying, hey, look, if you're going to do it, you got to do it by middle of July. Otherwise, you're going to you can still do it, but it's going to cost you 120 bucks. And so they're adding a sense of urgency. We all know that in marketing, you say, act now before the offer expires. It works. It's like when you look at an offer and they have a little countdown timer in the top right corner. It's they know that this type of marketing works. 
So they're probably going to see a jump in people who are making the upgrade because they don't want to pay. Um, and then finally, I, I think there is also potential liability just leaving this open-ended free forever. Uh, because if they eventually move to a different Windows model that's saying, hey, we can't perpetually offer this for free because what you'll get is in 10 years from now, some guy will say like, hey, you guys said you're giving this for free. It's no longer free or available. That's false marketing. I don't know how much that plays into it, but I could see that becoming a liability. And they did have to end like the free offer at some point. And so maybe this is their way of doing it. And I, I just think it's, I don't know. I'll see if they actually hold through. Um, I Based on their verbiage and what I had heard internally, internally, it sounds like, no, this really is like the end of it. This is the real deal and what Microsoft is actually going to do. But we will see. Only, only time will be able to give us the true answer for what is going on with this stuff. But at this point, if you haven't updated... Um, I don't know what you're waiting for because there's no new features. I mean, we've gotten a couple uh, updates. There was one that went out this month, more stability and more, you know, another cumulative update. Uh, I I am now a fully in, and I have been ever since really the November update, saying, you know what, it's time to go to Windows 10. It, the features alone are worth, worth the update. And it just looks better. It operates better. And I've had pretty good experience with it. UWP story is coming together. Uh, speaking of UWPs, Microsoft finally is going to make the apps uh, much more gamer friendly. They're they're unlocking frame rate, and they're also enabling uh, G Sync and what is the other one V Sync um, from AMD and Nvidia. So UWP apps, game apps, will no longer be frame rate restricted, which I think is the biggest thing. Uh, it was, I don't know why it was ever artificially limited, but now Microsoft has released that cap. So if you have a high-end machine and you're running the Tomb Raider version of the, the App Store game, you can now get better frame rates because before Microsoft decided they were going to limit it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's going on with that stuff. I, I truly hope we see actually more features coming to the UWP uh, framework. This was kind of the big one that they promised to gamers. And one of the things Microsoft does is they like to play this up. It's like, we listen to your feedback. Please praise us for, for listening to what the consumer wanted. Like, I, I don't buy into that. You, they should have known this from the beginning. And it's like, this is more of like, oh, crap. Um, oops, we're going we're gonna to listen to feedback and, and we're going to make a champion that we're heroes because we listen to the users. It's like, you know what, guys? If you would have done what we wanted from the beginning, then you wouldn't have had to delay this feature release until now. Uh, so how about next time you just look ahead or maybe ask the consumer as you're building and so we can get those features from day one rather than waiting until how many years has it been now since this stuff has come out? At least a year. Oh, about a year or so. Um, so there you go. I, it annoys me when Microsoft champions like this feedback stuff when it takes so long to implement a feature that should have been there from the beginning. If they're going to get serious about it, let's get serious. Let's not get serious after we see if something's going to work or not. So... That is what's going on, and I think I'm going to end it here, and so I appreciate everybody listening. As always, I like to keep these things short. I get a lot of people saying, um, when, I, when I made this show, I just get into the sentimental reasons or whatever, because we were talking about it a lot this week down here in Texas, is I consider this show Windows Weekly, but in a 30 to 45 minute segment. That's the idea. It's Windows dense, it's Windows heavy, but it's it doesn't drag on. And with that note, I'm going to end it here, guys. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.